Hi guys and welcome to the Lonely Catch Up. It's myself, Rampant FM, and today I'm joined by Mozo. How are you doing, mate? I'm good. How's you? Nah, quite tired. Obviously, I've been doing my training course the last few <laughs> days. Uh, almost punched the guy in the face today, but you uh, never. It, it was meant. It was meant to parry my my punch, eh? And obviously, if you're being serious about it, you have to. You know, I'm gonna go full swing at him <laughs> if he's meant to parry. Eh? I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna like do it slowly just for his benefit, eh? So. Yeah, I means a standard weekend for you going full swing. <laughs> and obviously, Sean, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks. Uh, obviously, I didn't see much of the football guys because uh, I, I was in Edinburgh the last sort of uh, few days, as I mentioned. But uh, you guys obviously went to the the East Colbride uh, away trip to Cove, which we'll we'll speak about later. But we did have some Lowland League Cup fixtures. Uh, do you want to start us off, Sean, with uh, the Sparrows game? Yeah, absolutely. So, um. Spawns were welcoming Edinburgh Uni Ainsley Park for the first of the four quarter finals or three on Saturday and one that's going ahead today. Um, so it was kicked off with an early race down the line by Gary Chen. He whipped in a cross, but the Edinburgh Uni keeper Davidson was able to say milks Mark Gear with a punch and the defender um, needs a sponge. So he was obviously down for a wee bit, had to bring out the magic sponge to get him sorted there. Um, was a good defensive header away from the goal by Adam Corbett and um, just a pity it was from our own corner um, that's or from Spartan's own corner uh, then after 15 minutes it was the first goal of the game it was Blair Atkinson that continued his fine goal scoring form with a 15 yard low drive to give Spartans a lead to make it 1-0 um, there was a cross into the box where Scott Maxwell um, was found maybe just too much time to think about the finish and the keeper was able to recover for the save. It's good play in midfield by Spartans and a sweeping move saw the ball fall to the feet of Aaron Scott. Um, he was able to find the roof of the net but unfortunately it was for one of the five-a-side cages. Um, so the game stayed at 1-0. After 40 minutes it was a second goal. This time it was Scott Maxwell that finished after Blair Atkinson hurdles a challenge that later sees his man boot. It was all going, wasn't it going great for the visitors and the gaffer was sent from the dugout after his over-eagerness. Second half, um, well at half-time it was 2-0 uh, with Spartans. The second half, after 52 minutes, there was a third goal. Didn't have to wait long to atone for his previous chance and it was 3-0 and a player Atkinson slides home. On the 82nd minute, Spartans put it to bed with Musway across and it was Scott Maxwell with a bullet header from close range to make it 4-0. Um, Spartans finished 4-0 winners on the day. Yeah, um, pretty much as expected. I don't think uh, when we discussed it last week, Musa, that uh, we were expecting Edinburgh Uni to, to do anything against Spartans, you know, especially at Inslee Park. It's good to see the likes of Blair Atkinson uh, doing well. Uh, he's been playing really well towards the end of the season. Uh, obviously, rapid, rapid pace. But also, I think uh, a guy that I was quite impressed with, and I have been, uh, well, it's maybe not had as many mentions uh, when we've talked about Spartans, is Scott Maxwell. He played uh, incredible against Kelly, but I think, obviously, a lot of the attention was on the under-20s guys. But, uh, again, a man-of-match performance for Spartans. But, as I said, pretty much expected. A lot of the Edinburgh Uni guys, uh, similar to Stirling Uni, obviously, they're... They'll be leaving the, the club, if you will, moving on after their exams. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of Edinburgh Uni we get uh, next season. Uh, I'm sure they'll enjoy their holidays and then uh, they'll look forward to that intake uh, uh, next season. But certainly Spartans, they'll be going out with full of confidence, uh, obviously claiming top four in the league. And then they just went from strength to strength over the last few weeks, playing really well. Uh, certainly on the up, I wouldn't want to face them in this competition because uh, I think they'll be looking... <laughs> Looking for a bit of silverware, I would imagine. 
Yeah, well, pretty much every team left now that you're going to get into the semi-finals will be one eye in the title, won't they? Um, as much as it's not the most prestigious cup in the, in the entire season, you probably argue the South of Scotland would be uh, the Challenge Cup, but it's a nice trophy to get in the bag at the end of the season to end on a high, isn't it? So, yeah, Spartans did. It was the one game that we all agreed on, I think, um, listening back to the last pod we did, that they've, they've gone exactly... Like, they've done exactly what we expected them to do, and they've beaten Edinburgh Uni with a wee bit to spare by the looks of things. But let's not take away from the job Dorian's done there this year. They've had a cracking season because, not just ourselves, I think most people were touting them as possible relegation candidates uh, at the start of the, the season here. And they've never really been in danger of that. They've always been a wee step ahead of the, the team scrapping at the bottom of the league. And they've picked out a couple of decent results here and there as well. Um, I don't think many folk would have seen them keeping tabs with Sterling Uni either, uh, in terms of the Battle of the Unis. So, uh, all in all, pretty decent season, and I've no doubt they'll be ready to go again with a new intake uh, come next time. No, absolutely, and I think um, I think one other thing that's worth noting is it's brilliant to see Blair Atkinson getting on the score sheet again. He's been on fire yeah. towards the end of the season, and that's what they want us there, you know, gearing up for for another campaign next year. And as far as the cup goes, I think it's a brilliant way to. Just filling the last few weekends where all the playoff playoff battles are going on and like you say, I think it's a really nice it's a nice way to finish off the, the year, I think. So moving on to our next fixture, it was Cumbernal Colts versus East Stollenshire. It was quite an interesting game, obviously, Cumbernal Colts, the the holders, uh, if you will, but no longer because they were put out uh, two one by Shire. Less than a one minute in and it was one 0 Colts, uh, Fraser's team getting on the, the score sheet there. Uh, corner by Scott Gray to whip it in with his left uh, with his left foot from the right side. Liam Allison headed it over for um, a, a decent chance for East Stirlingshire. Uh, just before half time, uh, Shire wore down to ten men after uh, Scott Gray got sent off. Uh, Coming all Colts, uh, there was no changes uh, at half time. It was a long ball to Liam Allison who crosses for Andy Rogers uh, to finish to equalise in the second half. <laughs> There was a few other chances for Shire. They seemed to obviously uh, get a, um, a few chances, even though despite being down to 10 men. Uh, it was an error by Cumbernauld Colts, uh, who the keeper gives the ball straight to Ross Allen to, to make it 2-1. It was a bit of a bit of argy-bargy towards the end. Uh, a few, few of the guys, I think we mentioned this last week, Derek, obviously there was a bit of tension I think in the previous games uh, it was all kicking off but Shire did get the the win there. Shire another one that I think um, again that would probably want to finish the season with a with a trophy uh, certainly it sounded like they played out there they played well to, to beat Coles especially with uh, going down to 10 men Yeah and it's one of the few times I can sit here and actually say a prediction of mine came through so I'm pretty happy with this to be honest um, it's not often I say something's going to happen like a Towsie game and then it actually comes through but I, um, given that they were down to ten men for more than half the game, to come back for one 0 down and win that is a brilliant performance, uh, especially against the reigning champs and away at Broadwood as well. Um, but yeah, it just sounds like they've they've gone there. They've managed to grind it out. A couple of moments of quality have done. Um, I've made the difference. I say a couple of moments of quality. Uh, it's always helpful when the opposition keeper gives you a goal. As well, but no, well done to Shire, and they keep going marching on. Uh, Andy Rogers heavily involved as well, uh, given that he's now signed on to next season, uh, end of next season, to keep playing as well. He'll be delighted to still be in the thick of things. And unfortunately for Colts, because he had a good wee run um, there, that's the end of their season, they'll give the trophy up to somebody else. But it's, it's another campaign that it's a story of what if, I think. For Cumbernauld, that they could have pushed on a wee bit higher in the league, but ultimately they've always been comfortable where they've finished up, and they'll be looking ahead. Gives them plenty of time to plan ahead now for next season and try and kind of keep moving up and do better. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, are a team that have always performed in the the past few seasons relatively well in the the Lowland League. I think seventh is their their lowest finish that they've had, so it just shows how competitive the league's been this year. Um, it's good to see. Ross Allen getting on the score sheet as well. I mean, for you know, when you look at the the scorers throughout the season, um, you've got your guys at East Kilbride and Kelty and BSC at the top of the league that have been knocking them in, which you'd expect for the teams at the top. 
Um, but he's been right up there with them as well this season, just knocking them in um, for East Anshire. So it's, you know, credit where credit's due. He's, he's been brilliant for them this year. Speaking about predictions, Moza, I think all the teams that I predicted or I said last week that I wanted to, to see if they could do well, I think all the favourites kind of won, <laughs> to be honest, which we'll obviously get into. But I think uh, Sean Brownwatch, he, he came on as a substitute. Obviously, he's moving to Shire next season. Uh, really decent decent uh, signing for them. I, I'll be interested to see what Colts do, I think, on the... Uh, how they strengthen their side. Obviously, there's a lot of talk of the likes of uh, BSC, Kelty, uh, now you know, um, likes of Sparrings and stuff like that, but uh, uh, I want to see what a Colts do, basically, and see if they can strengthen any more than, than some of the teams around them. Uh, obviously, they want to improve on the, the seventh finish and be in that sort of top half of the table uh, going into next season. I think they're at a turning point now, uh, a bit of a crossroads, because now that Bonnie Rigg, um spoiler alert, look like they might be joining the league as well, um, obviously pending the SFA side of things, the licensing, and you've got East Kilbride still around, you've got uh, BSE, Kelty, um, all these teams that will be strengthening, and they're already working on it as well. Colts are either going to have to kind of keep tabs and improve themselves, or they're in danger of falling away from the top half, I'd suggest. So it'll be interesting to see how they approach it. Um, their tactic recently, um, like recently their kind of approach has been to get talented young players and bring them through. So we'll see if they keep persisting with that or if they try to uh, switch things up a little bit. Yeah, be, they've definitely been one of the quieter teams uh, since the league's finished up as far as bringing new, new players in. So it will be interesting to see. Do you want to take us through the St Johnson Reserves game? <laughs> yeah, I would absolutely love to take you through St Johnson B versus Gallifreydean. <laughs> so anyone that doesn't get the the reference here, uh, BSC have obviously benefited this year from having a couple of the St Johnson boys on loan, a couple of young talents, and they've been great, I have to say. But um, travelled down to Gallifreydean in the quarterfinals uh, of the uh, the Lone Cup here, and it ultimately wasn't as. Um, Routine as the scoreline suggests, but I'll, I'll take you through it. Basically, started off 25th minute, goal for BSC, and it was that man, Tamor, um, putting the, the, I was going to say, the Aloha side there, by a wee Freudian slip, the Glasgow side ahead. Uh, Martin Green on the assist, which he's really been uh, good at recently. Half time was 1-0, so there wasn't too much action. And in the second half... It was basically the last 20 minutes the game exploded into life. So, started off, Tamor doubled the lead, um, 72nd minute, found some space in the box and did, did what he does best. He smashed the strike um, in off the, the post and in. So, cracking finish. But uh, Gallo weren't going to lie down from there. They've had a cracking season themselves and they wanted to have their say. Rory Payton managed to get a goal back. Uh, in the last 5-10 minutes because of that, were a bit... But um, interesting, shall we say, for BSC trying to kind of hang on, but ultimately they managed to get the clinching goal in the counter attack to make it three one, and it was Tamor's hat trick. Um, managed to slide the ball in the bottom corner underneath the keeper, um, to basically seal the deal in the the final minute. And yeah, it's another strong side that have got their eyes in this trophy into the semi finals. So it's beginning to shape up as a really strong lineup, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing these. Final games as it come as they come up. I uh, no, I think I BSC have gone out and they've done kind of what you expected them to do. Uh, but same time, Gal have been known to to cause upsets, and I don't think they've they've gone. I don't think they've they've uh, laid down for this one. They've obviously gone out fighting, and you know they could have pinched it at the end, there, especially after that really Payton goal on the eighty fourth minute. That's a, a good time to switch the momentum up. But yeah, Tamor, he made sure that. The BSC done the, the business made it three one way another hand trick so well done to BSC absolutely and obviously um obviously <laughs> it was a bit derogatory to to BSC there but it was only um I think they tweeted out they found out obviously that uh, St Johnston are not going to have a reserve team next season so I thought that was quite funny uh, that they, <laughs> they liked that and obviously uh, 
I mean, it's an interesting thing, obviously, because BSC are a, a top team in the league. They have to be to get second. I think a lot of the, in fairness, I think a lot of the loan signings were due to the likes of a lot of injuries that they had early on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the serious one to, to Adam Strachan and stuff. But Swifty's done a fantastic job to doing what, what he's brought in, uh, developing these players. I just think the approach might change next season. I think they'll want to to maybe bring in their own sort of guys. We've seen guys like Thomas Collins recently doing really well. Obviously, Tamor, uh, Martin Green, I think, have signed up for next season. So I think they need to they build on that. But it's smart use of the, the loan uh, the loan market, if you will, at, at this level. And we've seen it with other teams. We've seen it with like Gal, obviously, Paddy Martin and uh, Rudy Payton uh, as well. But certainly, I think BSC, it's going to be, it's going to be a weird one, uh, especially... I think Spartans will just only improve. I think they'll be wanting to be back up top end. Obviously, Kelly are still there. Uh, it depends. I, I don't know what sort of pro- approach they're going to take next, even if it's going to change much or if they will be bringing in the sort of the higher uh, youth talents, if you will, from like the likes of St. Johnston, as we've seen this season. Yeah, I think you're right. You don't want to get over-reliant on loans. And it was pretty much a matter of needs must uh, for BSC earlier on in the season. And when you had an injury list, about seven or eight first-teamers were crocked at one point. And um, like as you say, Swifty's done a brilliant job to keep the, the wheels in the track and keep going uh, at that point. Um, like Names that were relied on the season before, like Stevie Murray and so on, have kind of um, fell by the wayside. So, yeah, the, they was kind of forced to bring in help from the, the young lads um, from the, the clubs above. Carlo Pignatello is another one that came in, uh, Livingston and so on. But they've all done a fantastic shift. And I'd, I'd see still a couple of loan signings coming in next season, but quite possibly more airlines injury um, dependent on the squad that's already there. It's just one of these things that was the way the, the season played out this time round. So we'll get into the uh, the final East of Scotland uh, playoff game for the for the teams to the three teams obviously Pennycook, Broxburn, and uh, Bonnie Rig. It was Broxburn at home against uh, Bonnie Rig Rose. A lot of people, I think, at the start of this whole thing, they expected Bonnie Rig to basically be favourites, but I think in both the games, uh, Pony, uh, Pennycook and uh, the Broxburn game. It was certainly very close, and this game was just mad. I was keeping up with it as much as I could when I was in Edinburgh. But uh, to begin with, obviously, Bonnie Rigg went down to 10 men, having their uh, goalkeeper sent off after um, half an hour. Broxburn took full advantage. Uh, Andrews does well to parry the free kick, but the home side score from the rebound uh, four minutes later, and uh, just before half time, five, five minutes, it was a low drilled strike from outside the box uh, to double Broxburn's lead. Uh, two and a half time, and it didn't look, it didn't look uh, likely that Bonnie Rig. Uh, I'm sure Broxburn just needed a two 0 sort of deficit uh, to win the actual East of Scotland, if you will. Um, but it's it's <laughs> I, I went a bit mental with it. I was getting reports from a few guys that were at the game, obviously. Um, I think from what I heard, the the sending off was a wee bit harsh. Uh, from what I heard, but obviously they dealt with it fantastically. Uh, they did, uh, Bonnie Rig Rose uh, had a penalty uh, waved away uh, five minutes five minutes into the second half, but uh, Curry dinks into the box and Hoskins heads over the keeper, and then obviously they, they put on the pressure in the last twenty minutes. Uh, the ball goes into the box, drops Murrow uh, and and drops to Murrow and bullets into the net to equalise on the eighty fourth minute, and unbelievably. Bonnie Rig uh, managed to get the winner. Uh, unbelievable! It was right at the end, to be honest, because obviously Broxburn they needed to win that game to have any chance. The Brox Broxburn keeper goes up for the corner. Uh, Bonnie Rig uh, break and Turner scores to make it three two. Absolute scenes uh, <laughs> for Bonnie Rig. Uh, but if we can just maybe discuss the attendances, I can't remember what the Pennycook game was, but certainly uh, Bonnie Rig. Uh, midweek over a thousand people and this one had 956 people I think at the game yeah I think it was two and a half thousand over the three legs um, two and a half thousand is incredible isn't it yeah it's definitely incredible uh, and and fair play to the the the, the 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 clubs as well as I mean Eastern Scot- East of Scotland in general I mean promoting that 
the fans that turned up uh, certainly was exciting um, given the the fact that I think as I mentioned I think Bonnie Riggs uh, were favourites uh, we've been speaking about Bonnie Riggs for a wee while I think Derek but uh, it, was, they, they, it wasn't easy for them certainly coming back from uh, in the game with, with 10 men they did it hardly <laughs> to put it mildly I mean I know we're talking about them kind of going down to 10 men and it was a keeper that gets sent off but it wasn't just 10 men they were playing with for the last half hour it was basically 9 men they had a boy that was crocked um, and they couldn't sub him because they used all their subs so basically with 9.5 men they managed to somehow come back from 2-0 down stayed in disappointment in the face to uh, basically clinch the title and, and essentially be designated for promotion so massive congratulations to them because that's that's a team that's made of stern stuff when you're staying kind of your season ending with a whimper and everything going against you and you find the resolve to come through and do that absolutely brilliant you've got to feel for Broxburn though they were really classy in defeat as well with the messages they were putting out but when you're 2-0 up all you have to do is win the game um, by kind of two clear goals or if you get three and then on the scoreline you're promoted as well you've got to feel for them they've thrown it away against the, the 10 men as well but you've got to I think the main thing is you've just got to say well done to Rose and there'll be a fantastic addition to this loan league uh, as and when it all gets sorted out yeah and there was I think throughout that game obviously the game itself sounded like um, it was fully action but throughout that game there was five different um, times when they were in pole position so obviously right there at the beginning it was um after the first goal, after Gordon Donaldson scores, it was Penny Cook that were getting promoted. After Ross Nimmo scored, it was Broxburn that were getting promoted. Um, when Dean Hoskins scored the first for Bonnie Rigg, it was back to Penny Cook getting promoted. And then when Aaron Murrow scored, it was you know Bonnie Rigg that were winning, and they ultimately went up. But I mean that to have over ninety minutes, you know, the three different teams swapping between who was getting promoted, it was. Uh, it was no short, no shortage of drama like at the end of the Easter Scotland League. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely, and I think we have to give a wee shout out to Pennycook as well, who were actually playing on the same day. They were playing in the <laughs> King Cup uh, against Lanarkshire Rose. Obviously, it was a free-free draw. Uh, went into extra time, and they lost out on a penalty shout. Tony Big described it as you know an absolute roller coaster of emotions, uh, both here and obviously events elsewhere, but. All three of them teams, I think, would have been excellent additions to the Lone League, and there's obviously still a chance, I think, of uh, you know more than one team coming from the East of Scotland, if, I, if, if my facts are correct. Um, it's, it's a wee bit of a shame how it's ended. I think I tweeted out saying something along the lines like, it's a shame that there's only one winner in that, because I think, all, all in all, um, I think they're all winners in, in terms, and I think even going into next season, the East of Scotland Premier is going to be a fantastic league to be involved in. Yeah, definitely. I think just to try and clear it up for people, because even myself and John yesterday were a wee bit kind of in and out with the um, the way the things are going to set up, um, taking licensing at the side. I think the way it breaks down is Dalpeti are safe regardless um, in the league. So basically, Whitehill are relegated. If Cove won the playoff um, that we'll get into, then Berwick come down and it would just be Bonnie Rigg coming up. But if Berwick stay up, I think there will be a second East of Scotland team. But that second team might well be down to application rather than merit. So you'd suspect Pennycook would be in a strong position to apply for it, given that they've came second in the, the kind of playoff round robin. But it might not necessarily be them coming up, if that all makes sense. Yeah, uh, hopefully it makes sense because <laughs> we uh, we obviously have mentioned licensing for so long, Derek. It's, we we don't know ourselves. A lot of people have been asking, and uh, some people assuming things. I noticed on on Twitter that uh, certain teams aren't going to go anywhere yeah. and whatnot. But no one knows unless you're unless you're the SFA. I don't think anyone knows uh, at the, at this moment in time. Uh, so we're only going with what the information that we. That everyone else has, but let's not assume anything. Uh, all we can do at this moment in time is obviously congratulate Bonnie Rigg Rose on winning the East of Scotland, and we hope to see them in the Lowland League uh, next season, certainly, because uh, the club there, uh, um, I didn't really know too much about Bonnie Rigg. I think I'd watched them maybe years and years ago, but certainly a, a, they would be a fantastic addition. I think they've got a really decent fan base, yeah. a really decent community club. They do a lot of... Uh, 
a lot of things right that I like, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, a video and keeping their fans, voting for man of the match and stuff like that. Things that I feel other clubs should be doing uh, a wee bit better and there there would be a, a real welcome addition to the Lone League, in my opinion. Yeah, proper community club. BSA have been lucky enough to play them twice this year. Once in pre-season and once in the Cups. And both times, classy fans, really decent outfit on the pitch. Uh, they'll give any team trouble at our level. And as you say, they're quite good in terms of the more modern side of things, of getting the fans involved online and um, just a well-run club from top to bottom, from what I can tell. So I wasn't there, obviously, but guys went up to uh, Aberdeen to watch uh, Cove Rangers versus East Kilbride in the second leg. Uh, do you want to, you just want to run through the game? I mean, I, I think you caught a lot of the game while I was just waiting in the queue for, for a pie. That was a long <laughs> queue, like. Um, so, yeah, um, myself and Mozo were up uh, in Aberdeen. Um, we took the, the long drive up there to, to watch East Kilbride try and... Um, Come back for a one one goal deficit. Um, early on, to be honest, the, the teams were quite evenly quite evenly matched early on in the game. There was chances for East Kilbride. Winters Cross was able to find Wood at the back post, but um, unfortunately, strike went straight to the keeper. It was definitely a missed opportunity quite early on. Um, mid midway through the half, it it looked a lot like East Kilbride were doing really well, but Cove, I think, always looked dangerous and. After that, it was PJ Call that gave the ball away, and it was Cove that broke down the left, and Scully Scully's cross was able to find Mitch Meganson, um, who just quite easily prodded the ball home from close range to to give Cove a one 0 advantage and take it to three one on aggregate. Um, on the thirty six minute mark, Martin Scott was sent off for a, a nasty stamp on BJ Call, um, and Call got subsequently booked for his reaction, he got a yellow, but it looked like East Kilbride would be be in with a wee bit of a shout with, with a one-man advantage there. However, Kilby did shoot himself in the foot a bit, and there was a bit of a mix-up between Proctor and Anderson, which gifted the ball again to Meganson, 20 yards out, and it was quite an easy finish for him, uh, and it just it kind of looked like East Kilbride were starting to look for a, a way back in when, when they snatched that one and took it to 4-1 on aggregate. Um, shortly after that, BJ Call fouled Meganson on the halfway line. It was a definite foul, and after obviously being in the book again, well, it's been it's been reported by East Kilbride, uh, East Kilbride side of things that it didn't look as though he was going to get booked, but Cove players crowded around him, and he was encouraged to change his mind. Basically, his second yellow, that took it to 10 v 10. Finished half-time um, 2-0 to Cove, uh, 4-1 on aggregate. Um, and when the second half started with 10 v 10 East Kilbride they still kept plugging away but it, you know it always seemed like Cove were playing with one or two extra players to be honest Cove uh, Cove Rangers had only conceded the four goals at home all season so it was always going to be a tough ask and being 4-1 four down, four down on that aggregate was it was definitely a challenge and after the 75th minute it was 3-0 to Cove um, and it was uh, I know Moza pointed him out pretty early on as a, a player he was, but it was Masson that scored from 10 yards out um, after Yule's pass, and that was after he slipped a little bit as well. So, you know, they, they were definitely given more time than they should have been afforded. Um, the game finished 3 0, 5 1 on aggregate. Um, Cove obviously go on to play Berwick in it. Then they are pushed for promotion this year. Yeah, so um, obviously, disappointing. For Kilby and the fans, there was a great fan numbers that jumped up uh, to Aberdeen alongside ourselves. The overall crowd was just over one in one thousand one hundred, if I remember rightly. Uh, quite a few of that number were up from uh, the Glasgow area. But yeah, after the game, uh, need to say thanks to Sure Malcolm for giving us uh, a bit of time. Um, asked him a couple of questions, and here were his thoughts. Obviously. Tough one to take after the game. What are your immediate thoughts after the final whistle? Well, we're bitterly disappointed. Um, the first game, we, we don't, uh, we're out of character performance for us. Um, and the second game, uh, two another two mistakes um, cost us dearly. Um, and I'm sending off just before half time. But listen, the, the guys have been absolutely magnificent. We, we won the league by, I think, 11 points, I think it is. Um, and uh, we won it pretty early. And, um, we we kind of 
move into the playoff games, uh, you know, and that possibly, you know, without the bite of the, 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 the league games and the three points that you're battling for every week, um, without that kind of real spark, you know, maybe I, I, if I look back, we can, we can take it back to some of those games that you know trying to keep trying to keep the real spark about the about the, the performances with a couple of all weeks but these guys have been brilliant absolutely magnificent we you know we've got them playing a certain way and again they've, they've been they've been sensational each and every one of them i've got i've got a, a good blend of experience and young ones that have come through the system they've been absolutely uh, again, I couldn't have wished for any better. We added a few in January, um, and they've been great to come in. So you know, the, the boys in there are, are bitterly disappointed. Um, you know, we, we we thought we had a, a real fighting chance to to get ourselves promoted uh, this year, and we thought we'd be a clip, a quick But you know, for me to them, I want to thank them because they've been they've been absolutely they've, they've been excellent. I know I keep reiterating re, re it, but um, you know, they'll go away, break, they'll they'll, 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 they'll swallow the pill, and then they'll. Uh, They'll come back for a pre-season next year and see how they how there we go. So the thoughts are obviously disappointed. Sure, Malcolm there after the the five-one aggregate loss. Um, but to be honest, Sean, um, we had this chat coming back down the road. I think Cove were clearly the better side over the two legs, and I'd very much expect him to go and beat Berwick now and get up to the SPFL. Yeah, they were they were really strong. Um, I've seen East Kilbride. This is the third time I've seen East Kilbride, and it was night and day versus, you know, how they've played in their previous two games, and those were against Spartans and Kelly, two, um, two good teams. Um, but they really struggled against Cove. I think their style of play, style of play, they're just they're strong. They've got a lot of big guys in their team. Um, they're a very good side, and I think uh, I think they'll go. They'll go down to Berwick, and I think they'll they'll definitely put in a performance down there. Yeah, it was quite interesting. I think um, Cove got their tactics spot on for both legs, from what I could tell from the highlights of the first game, and then seeing this one in person. Because Kelby's strength this whole season has been putting the ball in the deck and playing good football, possession football, finding their openings, getting it through, and somebody on the end of it being Craig Malcolm or whoever else to finish it. Basically, Cove were really kind of strongly counter-pressing them, getting in their faces, winning the ball back. Kelby just couldn't get anything going, basically. Um, and any time Cove won the ball back, they were lethal on the counter-attack, really quick, direct football. There always seemed to be a clear-cut chance at the end of every counter-attack they had, be it Meganson or whoever else had a chance of putting a shot on goal. Uh, whereas Kelby's opportunities, generally, every time they had a pop shot or something like that, there was a guy there to block it. So it was just it was a tale of two different teams, but Cove's style of play was just the antithesis to everything East Kilbride have done this year, and they couldn't play their own game basically. Uh, so we Rangers ended up deserved winners in this one. Yeah, it sounds like it was a a really decent performance from Cove. Obviously, I noticed obviously Sean Winter's tweet yesterday. Obviously, massive disappointment. He uh, kind of East Kilbride have been wanting to get to. the League two for a few years, but Cove are the exact same. Yeah, and they've got quality players. Uh, they've they've been there and done it in terms of almost getting to League two uh, that we've seen. I said that's not all about Mitch Meganson, but it sounded like he made a, a massive difference in this game. Uh, but they're they're a fantastic team, a fantastic outfit. They've got the you know the new stadium that you guys attended. Uh, they've got the fan base there as well. Uh, they they are. Pretty much on level with a lot of the Lowland League to other, you know what I mean in terms of, of the facilities and and wanting to improve. I think it's it's always going to be difficult getting to League Two. I think this was the best chance uh, based on just uh, Berwick not doing so well. Probably one of the the weaker League Two, uh, two teams in in recent years uh, has to be said. So I think Cove do have an excellent chance, but I think going forward. Cove are a really strong Highland League team and I don't know if there's another Highland League team that's going to be exactly like them. I think we could maybe have a bit of a spell and it's and it's no disrespect to the Highland League but I think over the next few years there might be a spell of Lone League teams uh, you know, uh, doing well in the playoffs and it's, it's really up to them to get past the League 2 teams. I think this is just Cove are the, 
were a bit like East Cobride in terms of they've been there before, they've done it, they've got excellent players, they're an excellent club. Uh, I just think there might be a bit of a spell of dominance. We saw a wee bit in the Scottish Cup this season. A lot of Lowland League teams putting out Highland League teams. And again, as I said, no disrespect, but um, I think our, our league next season is going to be fantastic. I think it's going to get to a point, though, where we're going to have all these excellent sides in our league uh, from next season. And they're going to have to either make it an automatic relegation or, or something because the way it's going, you can't stop the the team's progress like East Kilbride or a Spartans or a Kelty or BSC you can't you can't stop that you're just doing harm to the game really yeah and the other thing just um while we're kind of on the, the topic I know you'd mentioned there there's a chance of a bit of Lowland success we do need to eat a bit of humble pie at this point as well though because I think we were all guilty of underestimating Cove let's be fair I don't think um, that was me <laughs> <laughs> me and me and Moza spoke about that a bit on the way way down the road and yeah. when you look at all the leagues above so SPL Championship League 1 saw automatic relegation and then even Lowland League and next year the East of Scotland Premier League it's going to be automatic relegation so it's going to stick out like a sore thumb I think that it's this one league right in the middle that it's not automatic relegation um, and it's something that they're going to definitely have to have a look at but I mean if you look at the Highland table the reason I'm mentioning this is um Look how close Brora were to them, for one. So there's other teams there that are more than capable of picking up the mantle. So I still think it's a fine balance between the Highland and Lowland. As it stands just now, I think it's pretty level pegging. So we'll, we'll see how it goes over the next years or two um, to to come. But obviously the Lowland's getting stronger every year. So we'll see if the Highland keeps pace for that. Um, but I still think there's plenty of quality teams in there, uh, even if Kovar to go up. I think in terms of, obviously you said underestimating them, I think for myself, I'd seen them obviously last year, very impressed with them and whatnot. But uh, for me, I think I just wasn't expecting the way they beat East Kilbride. I wasn't expecting them to be as dominant. But I certainly, uh, I've said pretty much the majority of the season, I thought the Highland-Lowland League game would be very difficult. I think that was the more difficult game out yeah. of you know the, the League 2 side, obviously, at one point before Albion Rovers... Uh, now it's obviously Berwick, uh, and I think we all kind of expect uh, Cove to to do a job uh, against them. Uh, obviously, a new management team a, b- a bit late in the day. Uh, uh, Ian Little, obviously the Whitehill managers, uh, moved moved back to Berwick. Uh, I don't know if that's in preparation of of seeing what happens, or or if they are actually just you know a final push to hopefully stay in League Two for them. But either way, it was going to be a tough game. I mean, there's there's quality players at Cove. I wouldn't be so hard. Uh, I, I, I as I mentioned, this Sean Winters to be very disappointed in that. I don't sometimes. I, and this is why I mentioned the thing about it has to get to a point where it's automatic relegation because mm-hmm. although I think I mentioned Cove, uh, I think you guys as well mentioned the fact that Cove are far the better team. That's not always the case in these playoff games. You can't always tell with with you know in two games how quality a team is. I think we mentioned it in the first game, Moza, that East Kilbride they looked a wee bit nervous. Uh, this, that, and the next thing. Uh, over two games, very stressful situation. Obviously, trying to get up. This is what you like. Guys like Sean Winter, Barry Russell, they've been trying to do it for years. A lot yep. of ex- pressure, and expectation. Um, it, that sort of stuff can affect you, and I'm I'm not, and I probably would have had an effect uh, against Cove in all fairness. But obviously, as I said, Cove the better team. But I th- I think I I think I definitely was um, purely from watching East Cove ride this this season how dominant they were. Um, I think I I let Cove off a little bit. Yeah. Well, I say a little bit, a lot too early um, because they came out and yeah, they definitely they surprised me for. I knew they were a good team, but. They're, they're a very very good team. Yeah, I th- I don't think how how the scoreline finished the uh, the five one on aggregate. I don't think it's to take anything away from East Kilbride. It was Cove's style of play just made it very difficult for East Kilbride East Kilbride to play to their strengths. It's not that you know East Kilbride. I think they would have gone away to Berwick, and I think they would have done very well playing against that style of play. It was the way that Cove played. Um, they're a very good team, but so are East Kilbride. Um, it, it was just the two different styles of play, and Cove Cove's style of play just trumped East Kilbride a little bit, and I think it forced 
it, it probably did force a bit of self-doubt in there. It definitely made them have to try a couple of things that they're not used to. There was a lot more, um, you know, hoofing the ball up at the beginning from East Cobride, which you don't normally see. And they were they were forced by Cove to try and change up the way they were doing, which is commendable as well. But um, how how the games went, it's not to take anything away from East Cobride. When we spoke to Stuart Malcolm at the end, it was very similar to what Sean Winter put in the, the tweet, you know, they, they're very disappointed. It was right after the game as well, clearly very disappointed in the result. But um, I don't think that, you know, that one or two legs should define the, the entire season. They've had an outstanding season. And I think, you know, you make a couple of changes, you know, it, it wouldn't have necessarily got them over the line. Um, Cove were just a very good team and it, it kind of acted the way East Cobra played. Yeah, another thing um, when Stuart was good enough to give us a bit of his time, uh, we'd also had a wee chat there about next season and kind of what comes next for Kilby because I think this is going to be really important now. That's two years on the spin that um, the Lowland side has been pretty handily dealt with in the playoff, um, both times with Cove right enough. Um, but Kilby especially, given that they've got so close in the past and they're desperate to get up, firstly, Stuart really wants to stay on. He's not been given the kind of heads up on what's happening as yet, but he's he's really keen to get back down to the training ground and get moving again, get the squad reshaped, get get another assault in the league um, going. So we'll see what happens in that side of things. And uh, when we were talking about it on the way down, Sean, I think we're both in agreement that he deserves that shot after the way he's picked up the mantle um, from Brian Kerr moving on and he's done a cracking job with this Kilby team to keep things moving. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how he'll, how he would um, how he do with uh, having you know this wee um, break between the the seasons to you know for him to sit back, take obviously a break, have a look at his squad and and actually implement you know the things that he wants to see because he took over that squad, he's done really well with it, um, maybe changed it up, but he would have had to keep playing the way that that they were playing, playing to their strengths. I'd like to see him get a, a stab at a full year because I think he's done a tremendous job in the, you know, the sort of seven, eight months that he's, he's been in charge. It'd be great to see him get, a, you know, this break between the seasons just to reassess and then have a, you know, a full season, a stab at it next year. And I think we'll be strong enough to, well, yeah, they will be competing 100% in the, the league next year. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think sh- uh, just reiterating what you guys said, he's done a fantastic job, Stuart Malcolm, and I think it would be. I think he's well liked amongst the squad as well, and, and stuff like that. So I, I don't see them. Uh, it would shock me if uh, Ace Cobride changed the manager. Uh, I think it's been a, a, a good le- learning experience from for uh, Stuart, but he's done a fantastic job. He's done. He's he's played the cards that he's been dealt, and he's done fantastic. I think. Uh, again, it'll be disappointing, but at the end of the day, he, uh, for me, he has to stay on. He's been, he's done a fantastic job, uh, especially. I think if you remember his first game, he lost his first game against Civil Service. One, one of the two games he lost uh, this season in the league, and they weren't top of the league when when he came in uh, as manager, and they just went on a fantastic run. Run. We know they're full of quality. It's just be, it's just one of these. It wasn't there. Their year, if you will, um, for a better lack of a, a better phrase or whatever. But yeah, uh, I'm disappointed, but I'm also um, happy in a sense that we get to see Scobride again next season. But obviously disappointed for the lads there. Uh, a great club. I'm, I'm looking forward to more visits to to K Park next season. And just as we've been recording. Uh, Obviously, the, there was another Lowland League uh, Cup game quarterfinal. It was uh, Stirling University versus Edisport. At the moment, I think uh, there's about a minute to go, and Stirling Uni are winning 4-1. Kieran Hall doing quite well, I've noticed. It's good to see him back. Obviously, he was injured. Uh, I think he's only been back recently. I'm trying to see who else. <laughs> uh, Blair Lyons, obviously. All these sort of guys. And uh, one thing... Uh, Rory McEwen's another Sterling Uni boy that's that's left. He signed for Elgin. Uh, I think a lot of these guys, like Blair, Rory, uh, Lewis Hunter, uh, these guys will want to end their University of Sterling, uh, you know, their association with the club off in a high, and they're certainly doing doing bits uh, to do that. Uh, just as we're speaking there, it's actually just gone full time four one. Um, 
Although, funnily enough, Edgy Sport got a penalty right at the end and the keeper saved it. So there you go, a wee bit of, a wee bit of drama right at the, the death. Penalties never go well um, when Stalin <laughs> are at home for either side. Um, I think if they really do, don't, do they? Yeah, I think if we would do a bit of research, there's, there's probably not many um, more goals and saves this year. Um, <laughs> but the, the curse of fourth blank, though. A little bit, aye. I'm not going to jinx them uh, by backing them, but... It's good that they're through. Yeah. <laughs> um, fairness to Edisport guys, they were playing a lot of their under-20s team. I noticed that, uh, in their squad. Uh, I think it might have been similar with University of Stalin. I never totally checked their full team, but, uh, you know, it's guys, as I mentioned, I think it's guys just wanting to do well for the club before they, they move on, if you will. Chris, the boys march on into the semi-finals of the Lowland League Cup. Yep. Um, thought we thoroughly deserved the victory. The score was opening by uh, Kieran Hall, who was on fire today, wasn't he? Yeah, it was Kieran's first game back. Uh, he got injured in a university game about two and a half, three months ago down in Nottingham. Um, he's been working hard the last three, four weeks in training, and we brought him in today. And I think he's seen his hold up play and his running, and he thoroughly deserved his goal. It was an excellent finish, played clean through by Blair, and he, he whipped it around the goalie. Goalie got his hand to it, but um, Kieran done everything we asked of him today, so that's really good to see. Second goal, there was a little bit of uncertainty amongst the ultras of who got the final touch. Yeah. We'll just cl- clarify that for us. Um, it was really well worked. Uh, free kick from out wide. Dom hit the shot, and then he says the, he says it was going in, but Angus uh, tapped it home, so Angus got the second one. And then the next goal, um, Edgy Sport, it was a it was a fine finish, wasn't it? Oh, really good. Uh, they brought a boy on up front. He's ran off his shoulder, and Dom thought he had him, but to be fair, to the boy he's took a good touch and he's put it right across Kevin the corner for two one. So at that stage, you're going there's a few swear words getting thrown about because we've had we had lots of chances there to finish them off, and we never done it. And and then obviously really good kick by Kev. Edu Sport was starting to tire and Blair's nipped in behind the striker, uh, behind the centre back, sorry, and he's took it round the goalie and it's an excellent finish with his left foot for 3-1. And then to finish it off, we had a goal from Craig Brown. Really good, it was a 1-2. Uh, Craig to Blair. Blair took it down the wing, cut it back to Craig. Craig hit the shot, the keeper saved it. Um, and then he's tapped it in uh, for 4-1. And then in the last minute, obviously, Edu Sport got a penalty. It was a penalty. Silly challenge from us inside the box and Kev's made a really good save uh, to keep it at 4-1. So delighted with that so another eventful afternoon at fourth bank and it's on to the next round bsc next yeah it's another uh, it's another it's a free hit listen bsc are an excellent team <laughs> they've got some very good players so we know we're underdogs but we've been underdogs all season in the cups and we've done really well so to even get to this stage probably no one thought we would so listen we'll go there next week and we'll have a good well, it's a free hit for us so all the pressure will be on BSC because they finished second in the league and they've got all these talented players and ex-seniors but listen uh, our boys are confident and we're strong and listen we're scoring goals and that's the, if we can score goals we're a match for anyone in the league but if we don't then it's a difficult game for us Well best of luck for next week Chris thanks very much No problem thanks David so the semi-finals of the Lone League, it's going to be BSC Glasgow versus University of Stirling and Spartans versus East Stirlingshire. Two in- well, in fact, I think both interesting fixtures. Uh, BSC at home, obviously Spartans at home. Uh, quite a few decent games between Spartans and Shire this season. Uh, BSC, obviously, as I mentioned, similar to Spartans and, and the rest of the teams who want that silverware. What sort of ideas do you have on these two fixtures? I think they're both brilliant. They, um, you look at a BSC versus Starling game. University Starling have been, they've they're in tremendous form at the moment. They've been knocking goals in left, right, and centre. So you know you do you know it'd be silly to say that BSC aren't favourites in that game. But like Starling, they're going in in the you know with the momentum behind them. Eh? So I don't think we could just outright give it to BSC. And same with the Spartans versus Shire game. I had that one down as. That was in my um, game of the season, the last time they played at uh, Ainsley Park. Um, and Shire definitely gave them a run for their money in that that one as well. So even though you would think Spartans, um, because they're at home, I, I, I wouldn't be... It's, it's, they're both tough fixtures, both really good semi-final uh, fixtures, I think. Totally agree, yeah, and there should be goals in both as well, is the other thing. Um, they're... All four teams are more than capable of sticking the ball in the net recently. So I'll be at that BSC Sterling Uni game naturally. Uh, I'm sure one of you two, if not both, he's will try and get along to the Spartans game as well. But uh, yeah, it's two, you can't go wrong going to either game. So if anyone's stuck for something to do, if your team's finished up for the season, 
and you can get to either one, I'd encourage you to make sure you do so on Saturday. Absolutely, and we've obviously been plugging it the last few weeks on Twitter. Um, Moza, your, your team of the <laughs> year, or team of the season, if you will, is out. Uh, we're going to be running the polls uh, this week uh, based on our, our four selections, I guess. It'll be between my team of the year, your team of the year, and Sean's team of the year. Plus, I think uh, I think we'll all agree on like a, a, the fourth, if you will, and you guys will uh, have a chance to, to vote for it via Twitter. Uh, there's a lot of guys I think that deserve a, a wee shout out, uh, but we've we've limited it to four because that's like that's all the poll allows. I think we could have had maybe five or six in, in each bit, but um, yeah, we'll limit it to four. Uh, it's not going to be the same as obviously the the Scottish Lone League one, which is open for another. Uh, I think to the twentieth, so you guys can still vote for your player of the years, uh, depending on how you sport and all that sort of stuff. And we obviously mentioned that Craig McBride. I think he's been made captain of that team, by the way, <laughs> uh, from what from what I read. So um, yeah, vote for yourself as well. If you might get a, you might get vice captain or something. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, certainly it'll be interesting. Uh, there's a lot of guys that I feel um, deserve to be in the the four, if you will. But we did have a lot of similar players. Uh, so definitely a shout out to a few other guys that have done done well this season. Uh, we'll move on to plugs. As always, I'll let you go first, Derek. Yeah, no worries. So on Twitter at Moza Plays with two Z's in there, um, you'll generally find anything and everything I talk about or do from there. Um, how about yourself, Sean? Um, I, you can find myself on Twitter. Um, it's at Ben Sean, I believe. Um, and also, I keep uh, tabs on the the Facebook Lonely Catch Up, so you can find us on there as well. Yeah, but on Twitter it's uh, at official catch up, and obviously I've been rampant FM, and you can get me on Twitter at rampant FM. Uh, it's been a bit weird one for me this week, guys. Obviously not been to any games. It's not like me. But uh, cheers for for keeping us updated on the likes of the East Kilbride and uh, and Cove Rangers game. Uh, obviously a massive disappointment for East Kilbride, but. Again, it's going to be fantastic next year. We're coming towards the end now. Uh, it's it's just the quality improves, competition improves. Uh, we obviously want to thank everyone that listens in. As always, we want to thank uh, the managers, the, the players, the clubs for their support, uh, the league, and obviously George Fraser. And we will see you next week. See you then. See you later.